Hello, everybody. It's nice to be back. Episode four of our podcast. This is Isaac Jamal, certified life coach. And I would like to say thank you to so many people that have reached out this past week who listened to last week's How Do You Have Your Marriage Thrive podcast. And I've been getting such amazing feedback. And I just want to say thank you for everyone that stopped me on the street or sent me a text or called me. Um, I even had someone from my children's camp call me uh, asking for money. And then they asked, are you the Isaac Jamal Life Coach? Because I heard the podcast. So I have a huge hakarat that's and gratitude to SYNY Radio. And I want to say thank you to everybody. And tonight, I really want to continue our conversation from last week. Last week, we spoke about marriages over the last few decades and how they have completely shifted and how things have changed and how the dynamics and the roles were so specific 40, 50, 60 years ago and on, and today, roles are not so specific. Never before has relationships and marriage demanded so much. In the past, we wanted comforts, securities, and we gave up a lot of freedoms. And now, in the social network world and the investments of technology, along, I believe, with the women's movement and how much women have advanced over the decades, that the relationship at home has really, really shifted. And expectations are different. Love, happiness, understanding, togetherness has never been so important for the family dynamic. It is so important to make sure that the couple themselves have this beautiful connection and that they can spread that out to the rest of the family because they're counting on us. And men and women's roles have completely changed. They've evolved in such a different way where no longer is the men just expected to be the provider, the one that finances everything, the one that goes out and works And no longer is a mom just expected to be home with her kids. Things have changed in such a dramatic way that roles are intertwined now. We said so so specifically last week that all the decisions that have been made for us in the past are now up for negotiations. They're all up to us talking about them clearly so that we can be specific about everybody's role. We also talked about how energies, both masculine and feminine energies, have now really shifted. Moms, a lot of the the homes, moms are the ones that are getting things done. And moms are taking charge. And that masculinity or that energy of masculinity is really starting to resonate in the home. And dad, not really understanding, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, I believe that men are a little confused these days about what their role really is, but dads are trying to understand what their roles are today. 50, 60 years ago, you'd never hear of a man, you know, changing a diaper. And today, it's common, and it should be, because we partake and we share in the responsibilities together. So these energies for a relationship to really work, for polarity to have, and just for us to be refreshed of what we spoke about last week, polarity means a sense of energy that has an attraction. And the best way to think about it is magnets, two magnets. Once we bring those magnets close enough, 
they will stretch out towards each other with an energy that will just get them to be one. But if we take those same magnets and we flip them around, now there's resistance between the two, that polarity. And we get resistance between the two. And that takes shape in a relationship where a man in a masculine role and a woman in a feminine role, that energy attracts. And it creates a um, pull towards each other that enriches both. I'm going to pause now because I want to take the next step in the conversation, but I want to give you the telephone number to be able to dial in. I just want to make sure that I have it correct, if everyone's patient with me. The dial-in number to ask questions live is 319-527-4160. And again, I want to encourage everybody to have the courage to be able, if you're listening, live or on a recording, on, the po- on downloading a podcast, I want you to be able to reach out and join the conversation. Realize that this is not just happening in your home, it's happening in every single home. And today's topic is going to be, I love you, now change. Now what does that mean? That means when we entered relationships, when we were dating, there was this polarity, this energy, this attraction one to the other. A man would pursue a woman. A woman would get dressed up and be excited about seeing her man. Everyone was careful about what they were saying. A man would have a plan. He would go out on a date, which restaurant, he'd get dressed up. She would be ready for him to take her on her adventure. And that's how the dating process started. And then we take steps towards marriage. And in marriage, in the beginning, we all feel that this is just going to continue. But very quickly, life starts to settle in. He's starting to go to work. The bills are starting to pay. Or she's going to work. And the bills are starting to to pile up. And within a couple of years, you have children. Dynamics really start to change there. And in the process of how the relationship develops, there are stories that we start to tell ourselves that are different than the ones that we had envisioned or dreamed about when we were dating. We all had this beautiful vision of what we wanted our relationship to be like. And now things are changing. We have a child to be responsible for. We need to have more security financially, more safety for the child. Now there's a partnership in raising this child. So a man feels, or a woman feels, that they have to now make sure that they have more financial security. So life really starts getting in the way. And I find, and I'm going to go with the traditional relationship where most of the men are still out there and moms, especially in our world, are really taking care of kids, is what happens is mom is more and more in a 24-hour cycle taking care of children while men are out there really working hard to put food on the table and pay the bills. And in that dynamic, things start to shift. He comes home, and this is an amazing question that I heard today, and I'd like to share it with you. This is for the men or the women that work. Do you bring the best version of you to work and then bring the leftovers home? And if you do, you might want to think about that that the best version of you should be at home and the balance needs to be done. 
But as time goes on back into the relationship, mom starts to settle for, well, I don't think this relationship is going to be exactly the way I envisioned it. And as time goes on, dad starts to develop the same thing. So both husband and wife are now redefining their relationships into pragmatic, realistical, achievable goals. All the while, these dreams that we had while we were dating, when we were first married, are still there. There's still hopes for them as things are starting to develop. Well, let's progress, and let's talk about where the philosophical differences start to come in. Mom wants to raise the children a certain way, and dad's got a different philosophy. Now, in the past, it was very clear that the father was a disciplinarian, and the mom was a nurturer. Today, I'm finding, with working with dozens and dozens of couples over the years, that the roles have now changed. The mom has become the disciplinary mom, which, talking about energy, puts her back into that masculine energy. And dads have become now nurturing. And my belief is that because mom is so overwhelmed, overworked a lot of the time, with the challenges of what's happening in today's society with this technology taking over, our children, that it's much more difficult for her to keep a schedule or to have the certainty that she's looking for in keeping up with what she is responsible to do, whether it's getting them on the bus, making sure they're fed, making sure they're clean, making sure the house is clean, homework, putting them back into bed. And somewhere in between there, she's supposed to develop a relationship with these children that makes them feel loved and endeared. And women, over time, feel more and more alone. And her energies towards her husband start to become a little bit colder. Dads, a lot of the times, are not understanding what's happening. That reach out of understanding what it is that his wife is looking for, if not expressed, really starts to turn into resentment. Because guys, I'll give you a little tip here. They never told us that we were supposed to be detectives. That we were supposed to be Sherlock Holmes. That women want us to anticipate what it is that they want and need without having to ask you to do it, because we should know. And guys, I've heard the question, well, if she doesn't ask, how do I know? So I say again, no one told us we were supposed to be detectives. So a lot of the times when a man's not understanding the overwhelmingness of a woman, He's not understanding the coldness or distance or closing up that's happening with mom. Now, tonight's subject is I love you now change, but surprisingly, I want to start going or diving into where that starts to happen. So we had this vision, this dream of a relationship, and now we're in the midst of reality and raising one, maybe two kids. And these stories start to develop in our minds where we start saying, okay, this is my husband or this is my wife, and I have to start really accepting the reality that we might not have the relationship that we originally wanted. But he's still a great provider. She's still a wonderful woman. We still love each other. And then the question starts to brew in our minds. Is love enough for us to make it? Are my needs being met in this relationship? Am I happy? Am I happy enough to stay? And as time progresses, what generally happens is women don't feel fulfilled in the relationship and men don't feel fulfilled in the relationship. 
And the easiest place for a woman to be able to get unconditional love and get all of her needs covered is her focusing on her kids. And for a man, the easiest place for him to feel fulfilled is if he completely immerses himself into work. So he's working and she's taking care of the kids and the relationship is becoming colder and colder. More distance because we are dealing with so much business. What's going on with the kids? Did you pay the bill? What's going on with the school? Is this one okay? You know, we're going to have to do this you know, for the weekend or we're going for this one for Shabbos or whatever it might be. It's a lot of logistical tactics that we're now negotiating with each other. Mom has a now a model of the world. Her model of the world is, I am in charge of the success or failure of my children. Because she has invested herself in total, and if you remember our poll last week, 80% of women said that they consider themselves a mother before a wife, which means they are heavily invested into their children. They put everything they have into them. Mom's sense of failure breeds a tremendous amount of fear. Twofold here, the success of the child and if I'm not getting my needs filled in being a mom, where are my needs going to be filled from? And the man on the opposite side is feeling this, sim this similar feeling. If I'm not getting my needs met at work, if I'm not doing well financially, and basing my success on how, how much my business has advanced or my career has advanced, then where are my needs going to be filled? And as time goes, more and more coldness and closeness comes from both. I want to dive in a little bit into mom's model of the world. Because this is an interesting dynamic when it comes to I love you now change. When she's focused on the kids, and just this morning I had a session with a couple and we were discussing this certainty in her life becomes so important. The routine becomes so important. Her true nature is to help everybody. She wants the best for everyone in the house, husband included, children included. And she invests so much into that success or failure. She sees everybody's potential, and she has to have them better themselves now. Falling into this control pattern, falling into this certainty pattern of it has to go the way I plan it, otherwise I have no worth. They're so heavily invested into the relationship with the kids and the children and their success and failure that she values her own worth based on how much they have filled their own potential. She has a plan for everybody. And in her mind, if they follow that plan, then everybody lives happily ever after. But if they don't fill that plan, what's going to happen? She starts to feel like she's completely dying inside. Her fear of veering off a plan or a schedule gets her to a place of judgment, criticism. And now the energy with the children become a message of you're not enough. Do you love your children? Absolutely. And as everyone's thinking, I'm going to get to the men. This is just on the mom's side. And I think that this resonates a lot with 
the women and a lot of what women are feeling. They're so charged. They're so involved in the family dynamic and the children and their success, whether or not they pass their grade, whether or not they get into the college they're supposed to get into, whether or not they're going to date the guy that the mom or family wants them to date. And we put everybody in a category because we see their potential. But it becomes very quickly a relationship of if you don't and it doesn't work out as I've planned, then I have failed you. Does that resonate with anybody? That moms feel that way. And as mom's creating this certainty for her and her home and how it's organized and how it has to be cleaned or how a Shabbat table has to be or how a holiday has to be or which in-law they have to be at or how I should speak to my mother-in-law or my father-in-law or my brother-in-law or any law starts, become, starts becoming very angled, very law-driven. And this energy is not feminine. It's masculine. Once that constriction comes in, that masculine energy takes over and it starts to close. And things have to fill into a slot. It has to happen this way. And the relationship with her husband now becomes a philosophical debate on how we should raise the kids. Mom has been disciplining the kids because she has a plan and she has to have them be successful. And dad has to go for the ride. And a lot of the times when mom is charged or she's speaking to the children in a way that might be judgmental or critical, even though she has the best intentions, please, no one misunderstand me here. Mom's intentions are on high. She loves everybody with the deepest love possible, and she wants only the best. But now there's this philosophical difference. Now dad has to go for the ride. So dad has to follow mom. He's put in that feminine role, and if he doesn't perform, then she's utterly unhappy. And if anybody listened last week, if a man feels like he can't win or a failure, he shuts down. And further coldness happens in the relationship. It becomes more distance. Stress comes from making things bigger than they are. If you really look into that, where children are, we love them, but when we set the bar for them so high, those expectations of what they have to be otherwise, they're failures. Now, failure, on the other end, comes from making things too small. So there's a balance between those. I hope that everyone's starting to see the picture or starting to feel something that's happening within them. Because we have to take a look at this. Because mom, as long as you're going to have to have somebody follow your plan, you are a blessing. You are. But you're a blessing for everyone except yourself. You're so hard on yourself. Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to go according to plan, otherwise I'm completely frazzled. And you're stressing yourselves so much and constricting yourself so much and understanding that if you really want to move a child or a spouse, that it's super important that you leave room to have faith in them to be able to share your fears, because things can and will happen. 
had a phone call of a 15-year-old girl, a mother frantic about a 15-year-old girl who got drunk. And she's in, in a panic with this 15-year-old, with, with this 15-year-old girl. And, and, and what am I going to do? And how am I going to do it? She, she, she's never going to be allowed to go out. And I asked, so, you know, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Well, she can die or she can get raped or something like that, which, yes, is possible, but how possible? And sometimes we stress ourselves out because of the fears that we have, because of we're so utterly afraid that we make decisions based from that fear and we're constricting. Now, I'm not advocating at all, but how many 15-year-olds do you know that want to try to test their limits and are interested or think that they're already adults? And how realistic is that? How many of us parents at 15 years old maybe did something that was questionable back then, but we were okay about it? But our fears completely take us over. So yes, I love my child, but I want you to change and I want you to follow the plan that I've set up for you. And if you take these 10 beautiful steps that I've set up for you, your life will be beautiful. How realistic is that? But on an even deeper level, what's that causing us in our relationships? That tone, that energy, that have to. Changing a have to to I would really like or I want because life navigates itself. Life flows differently for all of us and we're all not the same. And although we might see potential in a child or a spouse or a brother, how many people have tried to influence somebody else and have gotten completely shut down because they weren't ready to change? But we need them to change. I've gotten phone calls from parents, siblings, so many people with telling me, well, how do we get them to you? How do we get them to come talk to you? We want, we want this for them so badly. And my answer is always the same. If someone's not ready to change, they won't. Because the number one addiction in the world is not gambling or drugs or food or smoking. The number one addiction in the world is problems. Everybody loves their problems. They don't want to change. They want, a lot of the times, they're happy in their misery. They're happy being an anxious person, an angry person. They're happy being a depressed or sad person because that means I don't have to take any risk. And along comes some person that tells me I'm supposed to be something different than I'm not. How much influence will you have on that person? Instead of sharing, I really see that drinking is no good. You know, I know some people that got really sick and they had to call Hatzalah and they had to pump their stomach and it's a really dangerous thing. Or some people have gotten into cars and a lot of drunk driving Lalinu and it's really, really dangerous. But I know, sweetie, I know, honey, I have so much faith in you that you'll be able to make the right decision. I know we've raised you strong enough, wise enough, that you'll make the right decision. And if you ever need anything, I'm here so that we leave room for that relationship to grow. Expecting something from someone and wanting something from someone are two different things. Expecting it means I have to have it. Wanting it means I can and possibly could or I might not. And that's okay because our relationship is still strong and we can share. I'm just going to pause again for anyone that might be listening in a little bit later to give you the number to call in, 
527-4160. So I want to continue a little bit with this dynamic of relationship and as it develops. This happens during the teenage years, right, where mom now starts feeling this resistance. She does not getting that unconditional love she used to get. And now she starts looking towards her husband, starts saying, you know what? You, you haven't been here. You've been working. You haven't been helping. And look, this is your fault. And if we were maybe having some stricter rules, that things would be better. And dad might have a completely different perspective saying, sweetie, honey, you know, they're kids or they're children. Now men are in the nurturing role, not the disciplinary role. And women become resentful towards men because they're not disciplining their kids the way they think they should be so that they can have that certainty. And relationship is pushed further apart. As things develop and kids get older, that's where the trouble really starts. When we start getting to an age where children are now starting to get married, relationships been on edge for a very long time. We really don't feel connected. We really don't feel close. But we have kids. We have to keep face with the rest of the community. We have to make sure we stay together so the children get married to good families and we set them up. So we're willing to sacrifice our own relationship for the kids. And now the kids start getting married. And now there's no one left in the house. We're married sometimes 25 or 30 years. And I see this a lot. I see a lot of older couples really miserable after 25 or 30 years. There's no connection. It's been business for three decades. And we don't know each other. Divorce rate at that age is on the rise. Divorce rate after 30 years is on the rise. Because they don't understand each other. He's been busy at work. She's been busy taking care of the kids. And now they're supposed to have a relationship. I've heard this. What does he offer me? I've learned to do this on my own. And he says, well, what is she offering me? I've learned to be on my own as well. And this dynamic of this masculine and feminine energy over a course of three decades brings us to a point of, well, should we get divorced now? How many more years do we have together? And we've lived a life of complete sacrifice and no fulfillment, joy, happiness, togetherness, liveliness. Time moves fast and so does life. Understanding the role and the energies that we're, that we're pushing out in our relationship not just affects us, but affects the children because this dynamic of a mom being a disciplinary and a dad being a nurturer affects boys and girls as you're raising them. A masculine mom that has a boy push back she pushes twice as hard, which means he now has to push back. He is pushed into a feminine role. We're raising our boys feminine. And a girl that sees her mom speak to dad in such a forceful way or has such a certainty about her, even if she doesn't speak to dad that way, but she has such a certainty about her that the plan has to work. We're teaching our girls to be in a masculine energy. And we're not realizing, we're not watching ourselves as to what we're developing. And these relationships, these young couples that we keep on talking about in the privacy of our room that keep on getting divorced after six months or a year or two is because they don't have the basic understandings of what it takes to be in a relationship. And like we said last week, the quality of my life is going to be 
the quality of my relationships. The quality of my life is based on the quality of my relationships. And this is happening so fast that we haven't even stopped to think about it. We have to slow it down. We have to communicate. We have to talk to one another. Share. Not just in the relationship itself where men and women can conversate. Where we take heed and understand and pay attention and are conscious about our roles. What am I, what's the message I'm really sending to my son? What's the real message I'm sending to my daughter? And this comes back to, I love you. I want what's best for you. And we do. But is it what they want? Are we giving them enough room to be able to grow and develop into the best that they would want and not what's socially acceptable? financially acceptable, social status. But what truly makes them happy and instill in them a belief that is so deep that wherever you go, I know you will make the right decision. Choose your path. Life is not certain. It's a windy road. But this comes back to faith. Having the faith that we're guided and given everything we need. And Hashem does that for us. Hashem's been guiding us. He's been protecting us. There is no master plan to keep us safe forever. Allowing these kids to come into their own. To flourish. To really reach their potential within their own passions and not the ones that we've instilled for them. We've spoken a lot about mom. I want to talk about dads. A man goes into a relationship, traditionally speaking, thinking that he's going to be the breadwinner. His role is to make sure there's food on the table, and to be able to grow that purse as big as possible so that he can give his family the comforts of everything they want and need. And at the core of every man, he wants to, first and foremost, make his wife as happy as he can. Secondly, wants to provide and protect his family. And a man goes into a relationship finding somebody that he now can share with. Who can take care of him in, cer in, a, in, in a certain way. And understand him. And men have this understanding of their roles as to be that provider. And like we said, that role is changed. And in today's world, men are utterly confused. Men are so confused, they're not sure what they're supposed to do. If they hear a call to man up, and they do, and it's not done in the way that they want, they get pushback. They get resistance. They feel like failures. And even when they take the role of pleaser and they try to do whatever they feel is going to make everyone happy, for some reason they're still told that something they're doing is wrong. And I believe that in the history of the world, men have never been so confused with what it is their role is. What is it that they're supposed to be doing? And yes, they're working hard. Yes, it's not easy to make a substantial living to be able to live within a community. And there are real stresses. There are real struggles. But never more have they been less appreciated. And no matter what they do, they feel like utter failures. 
I don't know if women really understand how difficult it is for us men these days. We're expected to be the provider, the five-star general in the world so that we can conquer and attack and be the best, the sharpest, the strongest we can be. And then when it comes to the house, this balance of vulnerability that I'm supposed to have in my relationship. And I believe, just to be clear, that that's what a man needs to do today. A man needs to have that balance of understanding when it comes to the world, I am the protector and I am the ultimate masculine energy, which let me be clear what that is. A masculine energy is very much like a soldier, very much a purpose to serve something higher than myself. Because men, if you start thinking of it in this, with this perspective in mind, if we stop thinking about ourselves and step up into that role of protector, we serve. I said this in a, in a session the other day. We're lucky to live in peacetime. I'm grateful for that almost every day that we're not in the middle of some war, which some of our grandparents or great-grandparents or even further have been, that we live in peacetime. But roles as men, and it's changed, I guess, in modern day in, 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 with, with army and defense that women have joined as well, but generally men are the ones that protect, that if we had some type of an invasion, God forbid, that the ones to protect would be the men. Now, that's a very clear, defined role of me being the protector and making sure that everybody has safety and security. Masculinity today also has one more component. Taking that energy and understanding that that's your role when it comes to your spouse. Emotionally. I said it, emotionally, that her safety and security relies on you, that she needs you to be that emotional rock for her, to listen to her. I know you've all heard it, but I'm going to say it again. Don't fix it. Let her really connect and connect with her, and she can feel it. You can feel it when you're there for her, when you're focused on her needs before yours. Women have more of an ability to open up and not close. And women, you have to take those opportunities. And you have to recognize when your man is paying attention when he's giving you what, he, what you want, even if it's not at 100%, to recognize him for it. Men have a very difficult role today of that balance. Never before has a man had to be both. And men haven't gotten the memo yet, ladies. This woman movement has really moved quickly. And again, my belief is that a lot of the women have left the men behind. This masculinity that's in the secular world and the way women are really being developed today is really entering our homes. So women push back. Men push back and they expect a feminine energy to push back, you know, take a step backwards. But women double down, which puts a man in a, in a, in, in, in a thought of there's no winning for me here. So he goes and he hangs out with his friends. He goes to work. He goes to learn. He goes to play sports. Whatever it is, just for him to be able to get his needs filled somewhere. Recognizing when your man is there for you. 
thanking him even for the little things. Not, now, say this, you know, women, you do so much. You're so amazing. And it's so effortless. You know, a, a shopping list and going to the supermarket for a woman is like breathing for a man. It's the most torturous thing in the world. You know, and we'll call you 50 times. Is it this one? Is that one? And even when we come home, we get it terribly wrong. But that effort deserves recognition. It will bring the two of you closer because it tells him that he's doing a good job. It tells him that you're happy. It tells him that he is enough to be your husband, to be your man. Never before have men been so confused. So men, because we usually opt out if there's not a winnable situation, men have fallen into that feminine role, which means women get more angry, which means men opt out even more, and the frustration grows and grows and grows and grows. We have to stop the cycle. We have to recognize what it is we're falling into, the patterns. What it means, honey, whether it's a woman to a man, I love you, but I need you to man up. Uh, a, a, a man to a woman, I love you, but I need you to open up to me a little bit more. To a child, I love you, but you're not reaching your expectations. You could be so much more, and we think that you should do it now. We need to create space for people to be able to grow into that space, knowing that they have unconditional love. I, I say this often, and I hope that people can understand it. In the past, the world has been ruled by respect. And today, it leans more towards love. Respect is fear-based. And when you run your philosophies, run your ideas with fear, then there's rigid lines and sometimes consequences. Love, especially unconditional love, which in today's world, a lot of us that are raising teenagers and younger than that are really struggling with trying to hold on to respect while the child is getting a message of not being loved. Yeah, mom loves me, but she'd rather me be X, Y, Z. An A student, I come home earlier, wear a certain something. Dad wants me to become a better, better person in sports. He wants me to follow the market. He's expecting me to be the CEO of some big company. And this is breaking down our relationships interpersonally in a marriage and family-wise with our children. And we have to be very aware of what we're producing. My belief is we're setting our children up for failure in relationships, and that terrifies me. It's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this subject and why I like to speak about it so often. There's so many layers and so many dynamics in what's happening, and no one is really paying attention. We're allowing this to happen around us. When are we going to say, I want to have that, uh, that pa passionate relationship with my spouse? I want to have that relationship that's unconditional with my child. And it's okay if they make mistakes or fail. That's how we learned. So I continuously just want people to start thinking about it. I'm trying to stir you up with some possibilities of what's going on and how everything we want, passion, love, enjoyment, fulfillment, excitement, adventure, security, togetherness, wantingness, feeling whole is right in front of us. If we stop thinking about what, what needs I need 
and start thinking about what needs can I give others? What is it that I can give my husband? What is it that I can give my wife that she's so needy, that she's so needing or he's so needing? He needs my encouragement. I'll tell you another secret, ladies. Our courage, men's courage comes from the way you look at us. Our strength, our drive, our passion comes from the way you see us and judge us. And we hone into that every once in a while. And men, you have to also understand that women get their drive, their passion from us being in tune and anticipating what it is that they want. I've said it before, this conversation is something that we all need to start talking about. And I hope that I'm stirring this up with some people who've definitely gotten some great results over the last week because people have been calling with questions and have been wanting to know more and they're so happy that someone's talking about it. So I just feel like I'm serving maybe Hashem, well, definitely Hashem on a, on, a, on a larger base that I can get this conversation stirred up and we can have it in public with each other. Other couples at dinner start talking about this dynamic because we're all in the same boat. We're all struggling with the same challenge of today. Bezat Hashem will continue to have this conversation. I do want to give myself a plug on the program that I'm going to be having coming up this February. We've already had a lot of people enroll. It's going to be an amazing 12-week program called From Stuck to Unleashed. We're going to have an online system. You will be getting about two and a half hours of coaching a week where there will be a group setting where the entire group will be getting coaching for probably an hour plus. There will be smaller groups of five or six that will have a more intimate dynamic and we'll get coaching, and then each person will get about 20 or 30 minutes of a one-on-one -on -one session. And I use my methodology that I've learned over the last 13 years. It's a three-step process, discovering what your comfort zones are, what your emotional home is, what's stopping you from making the decisions that you need to make to get yourself unstuck, taking an assessment and inventory of what has it cost you until now, what's it cost your relationship until now, staying the course, not wanting to waver in your belief? What will it cost you in 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now if you stay the course? What has it affected in my interpersonal relationships and what has it affected in my career and my health? All that. And the final step is each person will get a customized, personalized roadmap as to exactly how to get what you want. What is it that you want? What's standing in your way? How do we eliminate it? And having somebody that's going to hold you accountable to holding that line, holding to that standard. And at the end of it all, at the end of the 12 weeks, we will be in Florida for a three-day retreat and seminar where we will have exercising. We will have breathing exercises. We will have a workshop. We will have amazing speakers. We will have a celebration like never before to have each one of us declare who they choose they will be and what they will be no more. Well, thank everybody for tuning in and look forward to hearing from everybody next week. Thank you and good night.